It's good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We want to welcome all of our listeners. We're always so thankful that you're there, and we're appreciative of your willingness, in fact, your desire to want to learn more from God's Word. That is uh, just so encouraging to us. And we pray that as we come together each day and search the scriptures, that we're helping you come closer to God because we're teaching you his word accurately and we pray effectively. And since faith comes by hearing the word of God, as we keep emphasizing Romans 10 and verse 17, then your faith should be growing as we study together each day in this program. And as your faith grows, you should be coming closer and closer to God. But now, it's not just a belief thing. It's not just an emotional thing based on feeling. Not just something that makes you feel good. You should come to God all the way. You should be looking to that point when you're ready to obey him through Jesus Christ and come to walk with him through your daily life all the way to eternity and ultimately heaven. That's our prayer for you, and we pray that we're helping you down that road. It's great to be here today again with Dennis Stackhouse to continue our study. Thank you, Gary. It's certainly wonderful for me to be on the program with you today as well, a time I really look forward to when we can sit down together and dig into God's Word and share the truth recorded there with all of our listeners. And we certainly do appreciate you being with us today on Search the Scriptures. Thank you so much for joining us. And you know, Gary, as you speak about obedience in your opening comments, that really is so very important for each and every one of us in our lives, to be obedient to God, to do the things he's instructed us to do, and to do them in the way that he's instructed us to do them. And it reminds me of a passage in the Old Testament in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 15, where King Saul was told to go and to basically wipe out a group of people called the Amalekites. Well, Saul went and did somewhat as God had instructed him, but not completely. And when he came back from that battle and he was confronted by the prophet Samuel, Samuel told him this, beginning in verse 22 of 1 Samuel chapter 15. As the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. So again, we see how much importance God places upon our being obedient to him. And we hope our listeners are coming to the conclusion from joining us on the program that is something we really impress upon them and try to impress upon everyone who comes to the program. You know, Dennis, you're right, and I'm afraid that so many people really don't have that particular understanding down in their minds and yes. in their hearts. Right. They think they love God. Mm -hmm. They think they have this relationship with God. Mm -hmm. They believe in God, but they're not obeying Him. Right in so many ways in their lives. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow they think that it's still okay. Mm -hmm. God's still gonna walk with them. He's still gonna bless them. They're still gonna be in heaven with him, even though they're living in disobedience before him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really a contradiction of terms. You know, one who says, yes, I love God, and yet fails to obey him by the life that they're living, they're actually saying, 
louder than their words can say, I don't love God. Yes. And, you know, Jesus put it very succinctly, as we've pointed out many times, in John chapter 14 and verse uh, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Yes. The sense being, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's right. And then he goes on in that, that very text in verses 21 and 23 and 24, talking about how if you do not obey him, you don't love him. That's right. So we need to understand that it's one thing to feel love for God, but that love is truly exhibited and evidenced as we obey his teachings. It definitely is. It is. Now, we want to get back into our study today, and we're asking the question, do you want to be rich? Mm-hmm. Well, most all of us would probably say, sure. More than likely. <laughs> yep. I've tried it the other way. I wouldn't mind trying the, <laughs> the rich side of life for a while. Yes. And uh, yet it certainly is more than just a wish or a desire mm -hmm. in order to make it happen. Mm -hmm. But we are so focused today in our society and in our culture on wealth and materialism and getting rich and making money and accumulating things and putting it away and just having a high time, all of those things. And there's really nothing wrong with any of that as long as we keep it in proper perspective. Mm -hmm. That's right. But so often we get so caught up in the accumulation of it all mm -hmm. and the possessing of it all that we do lose sight of the fact that all good things mm -hmm. come from God, ultimately. Roman, uh, James chapter 1 and verse 17. Yeah, we can get so focused on the gift, we forget about the giver. That's right. And we need to use God's blessings in such a way that brings him glory. Right. And we get so caught up in the accumulating of wealth, we get so focused on it, that we end up so much of the time pushing God into second or third or fourth place in our lives, or maybe even farther back than that. That can certainly happen, and it's a danger we should always be aware of. Yes, indeed. Now, being in Christ offers more than all the wealth of this world. No question about it. You know, Dennis, all you have to do is read history, and you can see that nations have come and they've gone. Mm -hmm. Economies have risen and they have collapsed. Mm -hmm. And what we see going on in our world today is simply a recurrence of those kinds of realities. It is. Whenever we get to a point where we believe you know, nothing can happen to us in this country. No, man, our, we're so strong. We're so powerful. We've been going on for so long. Our economy is so established and so strong. We can't really ever fall. Mm -hmm. We're already perhaps at that point teetering on the edge of destruction. I'm afraid so. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, you know, the man who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. Yes, and that applies not just in our spiritual lives, but it applies, at least we should make the application to every part of our lives. We really should, yes. So being in Christ offers more wealth than all, or more riches than all of the wealth of this world. Yes. All of those things that we're accustomed to that are related to 
wealth and riches in this world, they're fragile, they're temporary, and they're vulnerable. Yes. But being in Christ, faithfully so, guarantees us with riches that are beyond anything this world could possibly offer us. Yes, that's exactly the case. Now, let's turn to Mark chapter 10 and look at verses 21 and 22. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Interestingly, this young man comes to Jesus recognizing, apparently, that something is missing in his life. Yes. And I think his recognition is that it's on the spiritual side of his life. Yes, indeed. If you go back to verse 17 of chapter 10, I think that's apparent. He came to Jesus and asked, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So certainly he was asking Jesus the right question. He was. He was asking him the right question. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus, you know, responds to him, uh, sell all that you have and mm -hmm. give to the poor, ultimately. Now, first he told him, keep the commandments. The young right. man said, well, I've done that already. Right. And then Jesus says, well, if you'll be perfect, sell all you have, give to the poor, come follow me. Mm -hmm. Now the man responds to that with sorrow. Right. He walks away from Jesus mm -hmm. because he had great possessions. Yes. He had a great deal of wealth. He was evidently an individual uh, based upon the way he reacted to the statement of Jesus who was putting more faith in those possessions than he was in actually trying to get to heaven. Yeah, it, it's, it's something of a uh, dichotomy. He comes to Jesus with an apparent recognition that something was missing in his life mm -hmm. that needed to be filled in yes. order for him to get to heaven. Right. And when he is instructed as to what he needed to do, mm -hmm. he walks away. Yes. Does not take advantage of the instruction. Mm -hmm. Turns his back on it in essence and continues in the life wherein he found that there was something missing. Right. And isn't that the way it is with so many people today? Yeah, really unfortunate because we do see that happening in so many lives around us. We really do. Now, if we drop down to verses 23 through 25, Jesus gives the apostles something of a further lesson on this particular matter. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. This must have sounded strange to the apostles. Yes, evidently so. And I think it would probably sound strange to a lot of people in any culture of any time. I would think so. 
because normally we look at wealthy people and we think success. Yes. We think they've got it made. Mm -hmm. If I could only even have half of what they've got or maybe 10% of what they got, Mm -hmm. you know, how easy it would be for me in life, what I could do, how much good I could accomplish and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And yet Jesus is saying here, it's hard for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Yes, he does. Now, he's not saying there are any greater restrictions placed upon them or requirements. They don't have to suddenly, you know, fill out a, a, an additional test or anything like that. It's just that they have to contend with something that most people don't have to contend with to the degree that they do. And Mm -hmm. that is, how do I use these material blessings that God has blessed me with so abundantly? Yes, that's right. How do I use them? How Mm -hmm. do I make the application Mm -hmm. of these blessings to my life? How do I serve God Mm -hmm. properly with Mm -hmm. these material blessings? Big bank accounts, perhaps, maybe a job with a huge salary, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, the big house and the really expensive cars and maybe several of them. And it seems like, Gary, that uh, from what Jesus said as we go through these verses, the attitude of the individual with these possessions or with this wealth is really what's important. Notice he said in verse 24, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. And I think that's a very telling statement in that Jesus is indicating this is where their priorities lie. This is what's really important to them. It's the riches. It's the possessions. It's the wealth. It's not the kingdom of God. Yes, they have placed their security mm-hmm. in what they own. Yes, exactly. Money and the things money can buy. Right. And so that's why he says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Now, there's debate as to whether he means that literally, a camel, literal camel to go through a literal needle's eye, or perhaps more likely this small doorway or entranceway through the walls of the that surrounded the city of Jerusalem that could be accessed after dark when the main gates were closed and and locked you could work your way or work a, you know the way of a camel through that but it would be difficult it would mm-hmm. require some labor and mm-hmm. and effort extra effort but it could be done but now it was it was going to it was going to make it more difficult mm-hmm. now that might have been more more what he was referring to but we don't know either mm-hmm. way he's saying it's more difficult for a rich person to get into heaven mm-hmm. because of the fact that they have to deal with those riches. They have, they have, you know, with blessing goes responsibility. It does. So often we think if I was only rich, that'd solve everything. Mm-hmm. No, it may solve some things, but it would also present another challenge for you. Yes, it would. And, and that's what I think Jesus, that reality is what Jesus is addressing here. Mm-hmm. It seems like for, for many people who have prosperity and material blessings, 
they don't have the dependence upon God that others may have who are not quite as well off from a material standpoint. Yes. So the apostles then, in response to what Jesus says, they pose the natural question as far as humanity is concerned. Well, if they can't get to heaven, these rich people, then how can anyone get there? Mm-hmm. Who can be saved? Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, you know, huh, what? Beginning with verse 27 and reading through verse 29. But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, assuredly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels. And go on, read through verse 31. Who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands, with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Well... Jesus says first, okay, with God's help, with God's guidance, if these individuals will obey God, follow Mm -hmm. him faithfully, Mm -hmm. they can get to heaven. Now, that's God's grace again. Yes, it is. And that's the only way we can be saved and get to heaven, by God's grace. Mm -hmm. That does not mean we do not have some responsibilities, some things that he expects of us, obedience, service, dedication, so on. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is saying, Here are these rich people. They've got some extra challenges because of these abundant possessions with which they have been blessed. But with God, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. Now, when Peter says, we've left everything. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe, I don't know, maybe Peter was, uh, you know, he would sometimes, it seems, speak up when he might have been better for him to just kept his mouth (laughs) shut for a while. Yes. Maybe he was saying, well, Lord, look at us. Hey, we've left everything to follow you. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, well, no one who has left house or, uh, house or brothers or sisters or father or mother for my sake, you know, or, or wife or children or lands for my sake in the Gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold. It's somewhat, you know, uh, intriguing to, to, to try to imagine, well, what does he mean? How shall we receive a hundredfold mm-hmm. houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands mm-hmm. when we become a Christian, mm-hmm. when we become his faithful follower? Yes. Maybe he's simply saying we become part of the brotherhood. Well, I think that's a good way to look at it, Gary. You know, uh, for many people who become a Christian, in reality, they alienate themselves from their physical family. That's correct people who don't agree with them, who don't accept what they're going into, and they virtually lock them out of the house, unfortunately, in some cases. But you're right. For someone who does that, who may be alienated from a physical family, who has given up those individuals, they get many times more within the church. within the brotherhood of believers. And you know, really, the church should be, it's supposed to be, it's designed by God to be his family. It is. 
And we really should have that kind of a mindset Mm -hmm. as we come together as the Lord's body that we're the family of God and we're family of one another. Right. And, you know, it's wonderful and encouraging to hear individual Christians talk about uh, the church as being their family. Yes. And how they have a hard time leaving if they get a job transfer or retire or something happens in their lives where they need to move away and be nearer physical family. It's so hard for me to leave my family here, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my church family. Yes. Well, that's the way it should be. Yes. And you know, another aspect of that is when one is a part of the church, when one has become a Christian, you instantly have family in many other places. You can travel outside of where you do live physically. That's right. You know, you can travel clear across the country go to a group of believers who are meeting there, and again, you have a family right there. And you have a great deal in common yes. with those individuals whom you've never met before that's physically. Right. You know, and that's wonderful. I've experienced that so many times. Yes. And I know in my personal life, I have, have just felt such an anchor from my family in Christ as I've gone through things in my life that it, it boy, they've just they were there and mm-hmm. I could gravitate to them and hold on to them and they could gather around me and support me and help me that's the way it's supposed to be it is that's the way it's supposed to be mm-hmm. and so in that sense you may have to give up some aspects of your physical relationship when you become a Christian if people reject you because you've left that were those worldly ways or the ways that they were caught up in. Mm-hmm. And now you've taken your stand with Christ and mm-hmm. truth, but you gain an even greater family. Yes, you certainly do. Yeah. Tremendous. Well, our, our time is up today, so we're going to have to stop here, come back, pick up at this point next time. And, and we're beginning to see the riches that are there for us in Christ, mm-hmm. not talking about diamonds and rubies and, and uh, money and cars and lands and houses in the literal sense. But we're talking about the spiritual riches that are there in Christ. You know, Dennis, nothing compares in this world with being saved in Christ. No, it really doesn't. And I wish we could fully impress that upon everyone listening to the program today. Yes. If you uh, would like to study more on how you can tap into the spiritual riches that are found only in Christ, then why don't you contact us right away and ask for that free Bible study that we always offer, and we'll send it to you. We'll take care of the postage. Why not call us or contact us right now?